Nation, Rob McGregor, welcome you to a place where all kinds of phenomena flourish. Voices whisper, ancient secrets, signs and symbols are abundant. UFOs, ETs, ghosts, and even the dead move about freely. Here we meet authors, researchers, and investigators of the mysterious, the strange, and of the inexplicable anomalies that surround us. Step out of the everyday world and take a journey into the mystical underground. Welcome to the Mystical Underground. Thank you for joining us. This is Rob McGregor and and Trish McGregor and our producer and tech magician John Posey. You can go to the mysticalunderground.com where we make regular blog posts and where you can find out about our books. Among them are Phenomena, Harnessing Your Psychic Abilities, The Secrets of Spirit Communication, Sensing the Future, and Aliens in the Backyard. Our latest book is called The Shift, Reports from the Mystical Underground. Trisha's latest novel is White Crows, and Rob's latest nonfiction book is called Breathe, A Master Diver's Survival Tales, co-authored with Rick Bedowa. Our guest today is Philip Mary, the author of Nine Keys <laughs> of Synchronicity, a book that grew out of his PhD research. Philip is the world leader in the application of the science of syn synchronicity to teams and leadership. He's a British native who lives in Singapore. He has led workshops and <clears throat> leadership training for more than four decades and has addressed major world organizations in, I think it's 63 countries now, right, Philip? <laughs> He's the only person with a grounded theory PhD in synchronicity and leadership. Welcome, Philip. We love Welcome. having you. <laughs> Welcome back. Good to be back in your illustrious company. Okay. Okay. So you recently did. Oh, go ahead, Rob. No, go go ahead. You can start. Okay. You recently did training in Fiji for people who work at the UN. What was that workshop about, and how did you teach them about synchronicity? Well, I, I didn't teach them about synchronicity. Is a quick answer, Trish. Um, <laughs> oh. No, that's okay. Remember, I said I think I said that this is a retreat, meaning it's the right. annual meet annual meeting of the senior UN team in. Uh, the Pacific, uh, and uh, I regularly build on when they have these meetings, they have an external facilitator uh, to help them. They look back at the previous year's work and they plan for the coming year's work. And there were 63 people uh, and I was the only facilitator. So it was great <laughs> fun. However, though, Trish, say I didn't teach them. No, I didn't teach them synchronicity. But that doesn't mean that synchronicity didn't happen. Right. Okay, so, so let talk me about that. <laughs> I've, been, I've been wanting to share this with you for a while, Trish. You know, Trish and I talk, uh, and she helps me with, with her wisdom on a variety of things. But on the way back to the airport in the taxi, I had a taxi driver who looked particularly happy. Uh, and when I asked him, I said, so what do you do? He said, well, I drive a taxi, but the rest of the time I'm a farmer and I have four cows and two horses. The cows feed us with milk and the two horses are for my grandchildren to play on. So I thought that was fun. But That's since cool. then, 
since then, in, in the few days after that, I've been drawn to or revealed articles about being a farmer and what that means. And also twice, friends sent me a picture of a field with four cows. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, Philip, you moving? <laughs> I, I still don't know what that means. I still don't know what that means. The, the, the other synchronicity that happened is when I arrived at the hotel, uh, they didn't have my reservation. Uh, and, and I consciously controlled my annoyance because I was tired. It was a 12-hour flight, uh, and I didn't want to get annoyed. So I said, now let me just meditate for a while, uh, get control of my emotion. And then I kind of sent that field of emotion to the receptionist, like as if we were in a quantum field trying to make the best thing happen. Uh, and she was very sweet. And then two minutes later, she came and said, uh, Dr. Mary, just to let you know, we're sorry again that we didn't have your name, but we've managed to find a good room for you. Uh, they took me to the room, and it was a two-bedroom villa. Oh. I love this story. Right. So, it, and I don't know whether that's synchronicity, but these days I consciously try and kind of do hacks on the situation that I am by sending <laughs> positive energy yeah. uh, well, and a two-bedroom villa. And maybe, maybe if you had a negative uh, reaction, you'd have got a broom closet with a cut. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's an interesting thing because a lot of people make all sorts of claims for synchronicity. But to me, I, I just try stuff out. You can't put your hand in your heart and said it's a result of my sending positive vibes and positive uh -huh. energy. But it was a good outcome. Well, I like the pictures you sent, too. I posted that on Facebook, too. And people said, wow, this looks like a really nice place. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was great. It was really good. So that's what that workshop was about. And I've done many such workshops with the UN, uh, Trish, um, of that type. Yeah. I didn't know Fiji was big enough to have farms. Yeah, surprise. it was a small farm, apparently, uh, yeah. Rob, but... It covered such a massive area. The Pacific is such a massive area. Um, but there were the 60 people who were the senior leaders of the various islands in the Pacific, and I was yeah. helping them. And this T-shirt oh. they gave me, you see, United Nations Pacific. So okay. it's up to date. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. So maybe you are farming positive energy among the UN people. Well, I mean... Yeah, the, 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 the farmer incident happened when I left, um, Rob, so oh, I'm not okay. sure exactly, but, no. but it doesn't matter. The, the, the notion of when you're out in nature, you're actually more able to access synchronicity in the quantum field. I think that's what it's about because I, I've had that experience yeah. before. I'm running seminars and I'm literally in nature. Then nature reveals answers to questions that my participants we're asking. So maybe there's something there. I think there is. Okay, what what happened here? Philip's face is frozen. Okay. I I got knocked back now. We have thunderstorms here. Oh. There's Philip. I can I can see and hear you both loud and clear. Okay. Okay, uh, well that's good. I, I disappeared for a few seconds there. Uh it <laughs> uh 
you know, it's uh, been electric. We've had electrical storms for the last couple of hours here. Yeah, it's but, not thundering now, though. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay, let's move on. Uh, Philip, tell us about the Synchronicity Solutions Academy. It seems to us like you've been uh, doing this all along, but uh, by making it formal as you have, uh, how do you intend to use it? Well, it's a great question, Rob. And, and as you say, I've been studying synchronicity for 10 years, which includes both my PhD and the book. Um, and as I listen to our colleagues around the world uh, in synchronicity, and Chris, you, Trish, and Rob, you and I know similar people, um, what is great about their approach is that they tell stories of synchronicity. Mm-hmm. But I, I think we need to develop the field. We need to say, okay, we know synchronicity exists because stories exist, but now mm. let's look at what they actually mean. And, and I've, the thinking that I've done is that, to me, the basic reason why we like synchronicity is that it gives us solutions to issues that we are facing. Um, and so I want to make this into... Yes, I've been teaching it for a while, Rob. You're right. I do master classes on my nine keys of synchronicity. But I want to get people focused on, so great, it's a good story, it's an interesting story, but what do you think the story was telling you in terms of solutions? And and mm-hmm. so, for example, you know my story I've told you before, but uh, a while ago uh, I was wanting $15,000 to balance the books of my company here in Singapore. That was 10 minutes before four. And then at four o'clock, I was called by a colleague who wanted me to go to Beijing to run a leadership seminar, team seminar. Uh, And he said at the end of the conversation, you'll also be pleased. It's good money. It's (laughs) $15,000. That is a good manifestation. That's what I call synchronicity solutions. the The reason, and you two have been writing longer than any of us about synchronicity. To me, you're the gurus of synchronicity. But synchronicity is only important to us, I believe, because it brings us solutions. Now, sometimes it can be $15,000, and sometimes it can be many other things. So I wanted to reorient, and and I'm so happy because this is the first time I'm actually sharing this uh, new idea that I have on your program. Thank you for hosting me. Um, to say to people, we're interested in synchronicity because we want to find out what solutions we're mm-hmm. being given by synchronicity to issues that we face. Mm. Does that make sense, Rob? That's great. Yeah, it does. And uh, makes absolute sense. By the way, when Trish and I first met in 1981, I was a reporter and I was interviewing her for a story. And afterwards, before uh, I was leaving, she, uh, she came up to me and said, by the way, do you know what synchronicity is? <laughs> Which was kind of an odd thing. And I said, well, I think I've heard of it. <laughs> and that's how we met. And it was right on synchronicity. <laughs> yeah. So, 1981. That's quite okay. a few years ago. <laughs> uh, so let me use my new model to explain that, you see. So <laughs> presumably, two of you were in the field and open to meeting the special one. Right. Um Hearing synchronicity and your intuition guiding you to go and talk to Trish, that gives you a solution. Yeah. We're looking to make the, the one, you know, the, the special one, and the solution is that you're led to meet the special one who's there in front right. of you. 
Yeah. Yeah, I was teaching so, uh, uh, that, English to Cuban refugees, so he he actually okay. came to find out if they were actually learning English. <laughs> <laughs> and okay. uh, and and uh, I was working as a reporter, and I wanted to get out of that job because I had a terrible situation with the editor there. And Trish was uh, had just written her sixth novel, and she wanted to get published and uh, you know work on her own as a, a writer. And I read, so she gave me that novel. I read it and suggested some edits for it. She rewrote it, and it sold as her first novel. And we got married. Yeah, and this is. <laughs> That was before you married, that's what uh, I think that was we, before got mar- we got married. Well, we got married, we met in November of 81, uh, got married in July of 83, and my book sold in September of 84. Yeah, so that so was before you. So, all I'm saying there for you see, so if you apply synchronicity solutions, yes, Rob, you helped her with the book and all the rest of it. But the underlying reason for synchronicity bringing you together was to end up getting married. Right. So that's exactly. yeah, that's yeah. And and I have I have very similar in terms of my wife and how I got married. John Denver helped us get married by appearing in my life. <laughs> right. That's great. Let me tell you that quick story because synchronicity covers many different areas of our lives and gives us solutions. So there I was, forty years old still not married in Singapore, uh, and I attended a workshop where the songs of John Denver moved me like crazy uh, and helped me really understand that I'm supposed to ask my current girlfriend to get married. Uh, And so I decided to do that. But on the Friday evening after the seminar, I said, but I'd like to say thank you to John Denver because his songs drove me to want to be able to ask my girlfriend to get married. Saturday morning, I opened the newspaper here in Singapore, John Denver in Singapore next week. <laughs> now, the woman from the hotel where he was staying called me, uh, and she said, Dear Philip, you don't know me, but I hear you want to get hold of John Denver. I said, Yes, I do. He's staying in my hotel next week. Send me a message. So I sent her a fax. She had the facts in her hand, and she said, how do I get off of John Denver? The lift opened, and there was John Denver. Oh, my God. <laughs> John Denver called me on the Sunday and said, hi, Philip, I'm glad my songs work for you, et cetera, et cetera. So the Friday evening, wow. I decided to ask my girlfriend to get married because of John Denver's songs, and I said, I'd like to say thank you to John Denver. How the heck do I do that? <laughs> Forty-eight hours later, John Denver called me a home. So now that's a that solution. Was a, oh, exactly. So that's a synchronicity solution. I decided already to say uh, to to ask my girlfriend to get married, and she did say yes, by the way. Uh, but John Denver confirmed that that was the right thing to do because uh-huh. he just turned up out of the solution again. That's funny. As wow, that's marriage. a great story. Yeah. Well, yeah. So a bigger question, uh, Philip, given all the work with uh, the public you do, do you think that synchronicity can somehow help unite humanity? And if so, how? You know, th- this is a great question, Rob, and, and the three of us are involved in this as we speak. So I go from first principles. So if 
we can kind of show that synchronicity is real. Uh, and I think we, everybody can say with the uh -huh. stories that have happened many, many years, yes, there is something that comes to guide us out of the blue to help us mm -hmm. with our individual issues. Then number one, that's also got to be true for teams in organizations. So I'm now developing a program called Team Synchronicity that helps teams understand how they can take advantage of synchronicity. Wow. And, and if it's true for teams, then it's got to be true for the world. So That's true. it's one area, Rob, which I think a lot of people have already researched. There is some stuff, as, as you both know, about how when a group of people can come together and meditate and affirm for positive things in war-torn areas of the world, there's been some evidence to say that for that period that the group were meditating, and it was done, by the way, in Jaffna, Sri Lanka, when the war was on, a group of people got together, and for the period that they were meditating and sending affirmations to that area, the violence decreased huh. significantly during that period. So, Rob, I, I think it's one of the most important things uh, in, in our lifetime is how do we begin to heal all of the amazing conflicts and difficulties in our world and how can synchronicity help? Another quick story on that is that when Chernobyl happened, we all remember Chernobyl, right? The leaking mm -hmm. of right, right. radioactive Ukraine. The week before Chernobyl happened, it's recorded that people were having dreams in the area about a catastrophe. Uh. Now, so again, the important thing in synchronicity is never to say this is the absolute truth. We're kind of feeling our way forward and watching, following the breadcrumbs. <clears throat> but my perspective is that if we know synchronicity happens, and it does, then it must be happening on a global scale. And so I think one of the challenges that we have going forward, Rob, is how do we begin to take advantage of synchronicity? Uh -huh all of the things uh, in our world. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes, it, the same thing actually happened before 9-11, so that a lot of people who were supposed to go into work that day had dreams that they shouldn't, and they didn't. Right. And it saved their right. lives. You know, I think yeah. with big right. catastrophes like that, people do have precognitive dreams. Yeah, mass ev ma events like that, uh, traumatic situations, yeah. uh, and it seems that, you know, they, people tune the Titanic. in. Right. Same yeah. thing. Right. People yeah. decided not to go on to the Titanic. and uh... so, so this is an interesting area. Again, if I'm focused on synchronicity solutions, then if they happen to me, and we know they happen to me and to groups of people, why not that they are giving us messages about issues in, in the world? And, and, I, and so I'm always watching the news for synchronicities mm -hmm happen uh, so, so for example one of your candidates in the upcoming election in 2024 uh, I won't mention which one but he was speaking uh, and his big issue is truth mm. you know he says I'm focused on truth and so he's about to give a talk with a big banner behind him calling truth 
and the banner fell on top of him. <laughs> uh, that, that's a good synchronicity. That is a good synchronicity. That, that says a lot. <laughs> the following day, he was, the following day, he was interviewed around, was he telling the truth? Because there was some evidence that he's telling lies. Now, right. that, that's a silly But if I stand for truth, and then the very banner saying truth <laughs> fell on top. <laughs> Yeah, that is definitely. I mean, there are a lot of those, things that happen in <laughs> politics like that that show you yeah. what what the truth is. Right. <laughs> and that could also be a wake-up call for people watching, too. Uh, but uh, I have some doubts about that. <laughs> yeah, but, but it's, it's a good question to ask, Rob, because me, this is the next field for me, is, is mm-hmm. how do we use synchronicity to find solutions to global and country issues as well as just individual issues. Right. Yeah. Also, in, in pending climate disasters, I remember in 2019, Bill Holman was in town with his crystal skull, and he stopped by our house. We had people over, and we all meditated mm-hmm. with the skull. And we had Hurricane Dorian that was stalled out in the Atlantic. So what we did right. is we meditated on pushing Dorian away from Florida, where it was supposed to hit. What we failed to do, okay. though, we should have just sent it out to sea. Instead, it hit the Abacos, you know, and just destroyed <laughs> oh. it. So that that was something I learned. You have to be very specific about what you want something to go yeah. or to do, you know, in a meditation, I think. Yeah, I think that's really important, Trish. And, and, and again, as I say, I'm interested in not just stories, but how do we begin to make a theory of synchronicity that we can use? Right. Uh, one of the things that's very important in affirmations and when you intend something that can bring synchronicities towards you, what you just said, Trish, is so important. Be specific in what right. it is you want that you use because if you if you don't, then you may not attract that to you. I had a, a woman who was trying to attract her next husband, her next partner, and so we, we gave her, said, okay, write down all the things that you want. Uh, and be specific as you say these each morning. In two months, she had the perfect guy. They were very, very excited to me one day and said, Phil, he's come my way. And he's got all of the things that I wrote down on my list. She, she said, the only thing, he's a smoker. I said, well, look at your list. Did you say in your list must be a non-smoker? And she hadn't. <laughs> Interesting. She said, you still it's married him, though. So. <laughs> yeah. Specific. Yeah, that's what you wish for. Right. <laughs> so, Philip, one, one question that uh, people ask us, and I'd like to ask you, what is the source of synchronicity? That's oh, question. my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's the quantum it's, field, Rob. <laughs> it, it's, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Bob, you expect me to know the answer. See, and, and this is the issue. You'll have some wise scientists who will give you precisely it's this, it's this, it's this. My simple answer is we don't really know. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. however, if we know as we do know that we are living in a quantum world, mm-hmm. so classical physics a la Newton has now kind of been supplanted, replaced by quantum mechanics. Right, right. There is a notion in quantum mechanics called quantum entanglement. Uh, 
where it says that we are surrounded by quantum energy. It's both in us and outside of us. Mm -hmm. So some people will say that the source of synchronicity, it's a mechanism that brings the energy of the quantum field uh, to bring us things that we are entangled with. So, but I see that more as a mechanism. If you ask what is the source of synchronicity, that's a much bigger philosophical question. Uh, I like to think, and again, this is a belief with some evidence, but not enough evidence to be scientifically verifiable. I like to think there is something called God, or whatever you want to call it. It's not really up to you what you call it, but there is a positive force in the world that has our back mm -hmm. and that some people call synchronicity nudges from god mm -hmm. so that as we are living our life this force this energy like a quantum gps nudges us in the right direction uh, now of course some people will say philip that's nonsense um, but it's interesting to note rob as i'm sure you and trish know better than most is that all the world's religions for thousands of years have believed in there is this force for good, there is this force for positivity that has our back. Right. So, so the question you ask, Robert, needs to take us into philosophy and, and religion, I think. Right. But it, there's also a factor that I think at a deeper level that we're all interconnected. It doesn't sit on a... That's the entanglement. Yeah, on a daily basis, it does, it, it seems like there we're not. But at a deeper level, everything is interconnected. We're we're mm. all interconnected. And I think that uh, is that synchronicity is in a part of that 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 interconnection. Absolutely, Rob. Absolutely, and and I think as Trish said, if you study and believe in quantum entanglement. And, you know, quantum mechanics is the way the world is organized. Everybody admits that. All the physicists admit that. The question is, how do we then explain it with all the things that we are? <laughs> if we are all one, so, so I mean, let's, let, let's look at this. You are halfway around the world from me right now. Mm -hmm. But as I, as I look at you, I can feel you. I can feel your energy. Now, I can do that by looking at your facial expression. I can also do it because I feel very connected to the two of you. You two mm -hmm. are my wisdom on many, many issues because you've been doing it for so long. So we are connected. And I think it's to do with how you feel because you are right, Rob, that we look at the newspapers these days and we see destruction, conflict, Ukraine, Russia, war, right. all sorts of stuff in your country and my country, UK, which I, I don't want to get into. <laughs> but if we, if we begin to feel that we are all one, it can begin to bring us together. Now, I had a, I had a spiritual experience over the weekend in McDonald's. And where? McDonald's. Oh, McDonald's. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What happened? Well, there I was having my lunch, and I don't have McDonald's very often, but I was there, and I was feeling connected. Don't ask me why. It was like a spiritual experience. 
And as I looked around me, I saw nothing but love. I saw a father with his young daughter helping her with her iPhone. I saw another father carrying his baby. I saw another family. So as I looked around, I saw oneness. And I merged into the field that were all of those people. And all I saw was joy, happiness, love, and care. But the key issue was the mindset that I brought to the situation. So when we are in survival mode, um, and Dr. Joe Dispenser, who I'm sure many uh -huh. of your listeners know, talks about this very, very strongly. When we are in survival mode, we see separation, we see conflict, and we are drawn to look after ourselves. Mm -hmm. If we switch our mindset and begin to see everybody, wherever we are, as we are at one with them, our feelings change and our action changes. Mm. Um, so, I, I, again, you can't say this is the absolute truth, but so many philosophers and scientists have talked about being one. Carl Jung talked about being one yeah. with the collective unconscious. Does that make sense, Rob? Yeah. So this is the quantum mindset uh, that you write about on your uh, web page. Is that if, if quantum mechanics quantum is field. correct? Yeah. Well, so there's quantum mechanics where it comes from, yeah. which says there's a quantum field, which then says there's quantum entanglement. Mm -hmm. So when I say quantum mindset, Rob and you know, a lot of people will disagree with me. I had a big fat argument with in a pub with an Englishman uh, <laughs> the other day who's a specialist in complexity. And he was saying all of this stuff of quantum entanglement is just pseudoscience. Oh. But it's not. Oh. Uh, what, it was what kind of science? Pseudoscience. Oh, pseudoscience. Yeah. It is pseudoscience. But, and, and so a lot of people would just reject flat anything mm -hmm. like that. But entanglement is a proven part of quantum mechanics and so i say rob quantum entanglement exists mm -hmm. so if it's to do with two particles being connected even though they are separated um, by distance then that's a conduit for saying here's an explanation of synchronicity for mm -hmm. far too long Synchronicity has been in the, you know, pseudoscience, woo-woo world, and people say, ah, don't bring that stuff here. Mm -hmm. But now we've got something to discuss and to talk about. Quantum entanglement, to mm -hmm. me, goes some way to saying, here is a conduit uh, for synchronicity. Well, to me, it almost seems like synchronicity is the voice of quantum entanglement. You know, it's our most accessible it's most accessible to our consciousness. I think that's a great uh, statement, uh, Trish. I like that. I haven't heard that before. You're the original Use that. of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah you right, should just... copyright it. So yeah. Synchronicity copyright. of the quantum field. I like that. I like yeah. that. Yeah. And, and the trouble is... Go on, Rob. Go on, Rob. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say, I have a cousin who's a, a quantum physicist, but when, surprisingly, when you talk about him, he doesn't relate to any of this. He He's all about numbers and math. And, and mm -hmm. uh, he says, all that uh, stuff you guys talk about, quantum, uh, I'm talking about things that are on the sub 
microscopic level, and uh, you're applying it to the everyday world, and I don't see that, which is interesting coming from a quantum physicist. And, and Rob, you just expressed exactly what people yeah. who don't believe that it's got any synchronicity, it's got anything to do with quantum physics, they all say, because it's true, quantum mechanics is to do with a very, very microscopic field. Right. But if it's with the microscopic field, again, I'm not an expert on quantum physics, so I, I deny absolute knowledge, but it means that our bodies are not just physical, mechanical things. Right. Our bodies are essentially vibrating empty space. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's what quantum mechanics says at the very small level, we are vibrating energy. Now, that to me leads me to the conclusion that synchronicity is the voice of the quantum field. Thank you, Trish, for that. But if you don't believe that, if you're a dyed-in-the-wool scientist, especially natural scientist, and you believe that there's no such thing as vibrating energy, then, of course, you won't believe it. So your, your cousin, mm -hmm. who's a physicist, he doesn't believe it because he's got a preconceived belief yeah. that it's not true. Right. Yeah, he's more open so to UFOs. Lot. He's more open to UFOs, though. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> how does he explain so that, that in, the, in the quantum field? <laughs> I, 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 I like to think, uh, Trish Rob, that there are many, many more mysterious things that we haven't yet explained that we are going to be ex be able to explain, and I think that's why it's exciting. I don't stand here as a, a quantum physicist and say, definitely quantum field explains synchronicity. I say, let's explore it. Because right. there's so many mysterious things happen which don't have any explanation that seem to suggest that we are one and that there is a vibrating energy around us. I mean, take one of the great questions you sent to me is, has there been shift in organizational and leadership theory to integrate these notions. Now, I, I was just about was, to ask that question. <laughs> go ahead. Well, there you go. <laughs> Synchronicity. I read your thought. Yeah, and by right. the way, notice this before. In our conversations and great conversations I have with the two of you, we seem to flow and know what each other are thinking. I mean, that's I true. Think that, <laughs> yeah. I think that's one. That's entanglement. <laughs> You see, and I've now forgotten what question I was going to answer. It was, what, what uh, okay, I'll, I'll read the question as I have it here. Uh, you've, been, you've been out there teaching leadership skills for decades now. Have you noticed a shift in people's awareness of synchronicity and their willingness uh, to delve into mystical matters? And uh, a related question is, that is, uh, what about the uh, scientific and academic perspectives on same matter? So let, let me answer the first one first. Yeah. There was a time when in leadership competency theory, if you mentioned intuition 20, 30 oh, wow. years ago, mm -hmm. people would say you're crazy. <laughs> really? There's About no intuition? Yeah. That's incredible. In, no, but in leadership books, you mm -hmm. couldn't identify intuition as a leadership competence huh. because it didn't into quantum physics. It didn't fit into things they teach on their MBA. Yeah. However, now, today, for the last few years, you will always see intuition 
as a leadership competence. So I think what's happening, and and there are some great books written by Meg Wheatley, David Cooper Ryder, and a whole range of other people that says that our ability to sense the field and make intuitive decisions as well as logical decisions really is now important because both are going on. So in in my field, Robin, uh, again, the Heart Math Institute, I've mentioned them before, great organization in San Francisco, the world's leader in looking at what the heart is saying about strategy, about leadership. They've done incredible research and work with a whole variety of people to help them take the wisdom from the heart to apply to crisis and leadership situations. So Mm -hmm. to answer that first question, Rob, yes, there's been a massive shift over the last 20, 30 years to begin to say logic doesn't explain everything. We need it, Mm -hmm. but we also need to recognize Mm -hmm. that the heart has wisdom, the gut has wisdom, uh, and we need to use intuitive uh, uh, thinking uh, as well. Now, the other question you asked, Rob, in terms of the scientific and academic community, um, again, same thing. If you are a, a dyed-in-the-wool scientist, natural scientist, who believes that what you see is all there is, mm-hmm. you're always going to say, no, this is nonsense. But But over the years, I've seen massive uh, evidence of research by academics and scientists to want to understand how we integrate the quantum field and the paranormal into what is normal. I mean, take the actual word paranormal, meaning it's not normal because it's not Newtonian, it's confirmed. Mm -hmm. We now have situations where a US government report into the paranormal said there is no point anymore of us funding research that asks whether the paranormal exists. <laughs> There's massive evidence to say that it does. So we're not anymore funding any research on whether it exists or not. We're now funding research on what to do about it. Yeah. Oh, wow. And when you have a when you have a big government, and that's in my book, Trish, I, I mentioned that in my book. When you have yeah. one of the U.S.'s biggest research institutes, government-funded, saying there's no point anymore asking why it, whether it exists because it clearly yeah. does. We can focus on what are we going to do with it. Well, the same so, question could be applied to UFOs. You know, they keep trying to circle the same little question. You know, do they exist? Well, we have congressional hearings, and they still can't decide. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think we all yeah. same type of thing. Also, the terminology is a problem, like paranormal. I mean, normal, para para is false, false, normal. I I heard a biologist talking about this, and he said, uh, he made that reference, and he said, I'm a biologist. Now, if if, uh, there was a a part of biology that was called parabiology, I don't think I would be interested in that. (laughs) (laughs) That's the whole, Rob, to, to answer your question, we need to look at the terminology. Yeah. We we need and um, my my focus on you know synchronicity solutions is we know they exist. Mm-hmm. I don't require you to believe in all sorts of stuff in order to confirm that they exist. We know the stories exist. 
my focus is what solutions can they bring to us to problems that we you know are struggling with so what one of my keys of synchronicity key number six is called heart brain coherence and i put heart brain coherence there up and trish because there are so many people in our field who say listen to the heart and I think they do us a disservice because I say, mm -hmm. listen to the brain and the heart. Right. God gave the combination. Brain, God gave the heart for the two to make sense. So mm -hmm. my key number six, remember that my PhD research was based on talking to people, executives, senior leaderships, senior leaders and executives who experienced synchronicity, asking them what facilitated synchronicity. So my PhD is 200 pages of data, which takes those answers of what facilitates and then distills them into the nine keys. So my uh -huh. key number six, heart brain coherence, is about saying, how do we listen to the brain and the heart? And the heart. And sometimes we follow the heart, but sometimes the brain says, don't do that. That's dangerous, yeah. that's difficult. Kids, no, don't follow the heart. In this situation, listen to the brain. So, mm -hmm. so the two together are important. And when anybody says to you, listen to the heart only, don't listen to them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, but so th things. No, then we say read key six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but if you go back a few decades, the heart was only seen as a pump. Uh, by yes. scientists, and so, but now we've yes. kind of uh, adapted this idea that the heart and uh, is as important as the brain, and more messages are sent from the heart to the brain than the brain to the heart. Uh, but you, as you're saying, uh, there can be an overemphasis on the heart as well. Uh, so, is, is that? Well, yeah. Being, what are you saying? That is. is it, I'm, I'm saying we need. See, we need both, Rob. Yeah. The Heart yeah. Math in the world's leading research institute on these issues has measured the impact of the heart on the brain and the whole physiology. Right. Uh, and they've come to the conclusion that the heart sends more messages to the brain than the other way around. Right. And the heart, by tracking heart rate variability, uh, that brings you into a state of coherence and when you are in a state of coherence the brain functions better uh-huh okay yeah. that makes both sense both are both are important uh -huh. um because there's such a great scientific organization rollo mccrady who's the head of research there they don't make outlandish statements that they haven't done experiments on first mm -hmm. um, but what they have noticed is the heart can access information about what's about to happen. Mm -hmm. uh, and their research, I won't go into the complicated the, the research, but their research shows that the heart knows something that's about to happen six seconds before it happens. Precognition. And it knows, yes, and it knows 1.5 seconds before the brain. So they strapped um. the heart up, the brain up, and they've got an experiment where they uh, show images on a, a screen, and they've shown that six seconds before the images are shown, 
the heart knows. And the mm-hmm. heart knows 1.6 seconds before the brain. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So these are small experiments, but the implication of them is, is incredible. So when I'm teaching, and back to leadership here, Rob, leadership and teams, when I'm teaching decision-making to teams, I'll just <laughs> say to them, listen to intuition as much as your brain. But the problem is mm-hmm. people are uncomfortable. I had one CEO of a country in, in Asia who said to me, Philip, I make all of my business decisions with my intuition. Please don't tell my boss and please don't <laughs> tell my staff. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. You go to your boss and your boss says, okay, so what's our strategy for Cambodia? And you say, well, I think we just a million in our product development there. And your boss says, why? And you say, well, I had a dream last night. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're fired. <laughs> So, so we need, this is why I love my work. What I do in organizations is help people to really find words to understand what they already know. Uh, because spirit is present in the workplace. We just don't talk about it. We just don't acknowledge it. Right. Uh, and when people say to me, Rob and Trish, <laughs> oh, don't bring all that synchronicity, intuition stuff into our team. We don't believe in that. I said, okay, let me ask you a question. Do you use the word team spirit when you are working together? <laughs> yes, of course we do. It's important. I said, great. Define team. So they define team. And then I say, now please define what you mean by spirit. <laughs> That's great. But what I'm about is that so often – People try and preach synchronicity at other people because I've got this research. I've done the nine keys of synchronicity. Let me tell you, it's a bad way to do it. What you need to do is to find out how many times the group of people you're speaking to have had things turn up out of the blue without them doing anything. And when I ask them to do that, I will say that's synchronicity, Mm -hmm. that there is an energy there is a force that is there to help us if we can tap into it. Yeah. And uh, you get positive responses when you ask that question, Philip. I get relief when <laughs> um, a question because people will come and say to me, you know, I've been saying to my boss for a long time, we've got to listen more in the team to our intuition, and he no. doesn't want to listen. But now you've given us. And what's always important, you know, Rob and Trish, you know this better than anybody. You cannot say to people, this is the absolute truth. No. All you can say is that there are unusual things that turn up out of the blue, like $15,000. Yes. Some <laughs> um, answers and suggest that there is a, an energy field somehow that has our back. So let's go explore it and see what happens. Mm-hmm. We, we don't do our field any good when we say to people, oh, we have the absolute truth about synchronicity. No, we don't. Right. Nobody has. We're kind of following the breadcrumbs. Yeah. I think Rob, Jung you have was another... pretty close. <laughs> Sorry? I think Jung was pretty close, but I think he also missed the whole, the bigger truth. Well, if everybody has. Everybody uh-huh. misses the bigger truth. 
Einstein, Einstein dismissed quantum mechanics and entanglement. He mm -hmm. said famously, God doesn't play dice with us. Right. And there is no such thing as spooky action at a distance. Mm -hmm. So he set up experiments to disprove quantum mechanics and quantum entanglement. And to his, his kind of uh, unhappiness, they actually proved it. Uh, and so that's like Schrodinger's cat. Exactly. Schrodinger's cat was was intended to disprove something to him. Well, and 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 that's you know to me fantastic in the sense of yes, Jung gave us so much, but don't ever expect Jung to be absolutely one hundred percent correct. Scientists scientists get really in a mess about saying it has to be one hundred percent true. No, it doesn't. It has to begin to give a possible explanation uh, about why and how they're happening. That's why, you know, the three of us and, and you two have been forging this way ahead of me or way ahead of anybody else in the world that I know. Um, I don't know about you, that. <laughs> yes, you have. You have. You, you've been doing this for a long time. We don't have all the answers, but we're trying to say to people, how do we begin now to understand this phenomenon and how it can help us? Yeah. So one of the things that uh, you've said to, today is that now leadership uh, research and teaching accepts intuition. But taking that a little bit further, what about dreams? Can you talk about have people talk about their dreams in these leadership uh, conferences? Is that too far out yet? It depends, Rob, on who you're talking to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And this is why you've got to be, I mean, in my business, I, I've for 40 years done team and leadership development in 63 countries. Uh, and I love my work because it helps me work on the ground level with people on real issues. And sometimes I will just open the floor up and say, has anything happened recently? So we're trying to solve a problem in the team. Uh, and I will say, what's happened recently that you want to take notice of? So, so notice what I don't do only is just logical decision making. Uh -huh. I will open the discussion up and say, has anything happened? So, Rob, if somebody said, I had a dream last night, I'll just say, tell us about the dream. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, so, I think in in organisations and certainly in my team programs, I take people on visualization journeys. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I'll actually take them so they want to produce something new in the future. I will take them on a journey into five years into the future, and I will say to them, imagine what you're trying to do with the team has already happened. And I take them literally, I'll say, get into this spaceship. We're going to go time machine five years into the future. Get out of the time machine. Now you're in the office and it's five years in the future. What do you see? Huh. So, although it's not dreams necessarily that, that I, I deal with, I help people to dream about possible futures. The, 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 huh. other, the other way, which is why I say doing this stuff in nature, Rob and Trish, is, is so important because nature gives us answers that we don't normally get. Mm -hmm. And so if I can do a team session in the middle of a jungle. I mean, so for example, this is a, this is a synchronicity story that's in the book, Trish, you will have seen, is one Monday here in Singapore, actually in this very same office, I said, you know, 
it seems to me that understanding how to make decisions using intuition <clears throat> are better done in nature. I want to run more team sessions in a natural environment. That was Monday. By Wednesday, I'd had three invites to run team sessions in a natural environment. I had from a bank in South Africa, a bank I didn't know, and I had no idea how they got hold of me, but they wrote to me and said, Phil, we'd like to do a, um, a session on fly fishing and leadership. <laughs> There's your wilderness. <laughs> run this in a hotel next to a lake outside Johannesburg um, so we can explore what fly fishing and intuition has to say about leadership. Now, remember, on Monday, I'd said I need to do more sessions in the outdoors. <laughs> Wednesday, I had an invite to do that in South Africa. Thursday, I had an invite to do a session in Sri Lanka, uh, and they said, also, Phil, we want to run this in a safari park. <laughs> so, oh, my God. When I ran the session in the safari park, I said to all the team members, we're now going to go out onto a safari tomorrow. I'd like you to think about your biggest leadership challenge that you need some answers to. And then as you are on the safari tomorrow, pay attention to what speaks to you. Mm -hmm. uh, and they came back with some incredible answers. So, no, Robert, I don't specifically say what did you dream about. Yeah. But uh -huh. what, we are seeing, what we are seeing in organizations is a willingness to go beyond just logic to explore all sorts of ways of finding answers to the business issues that you are facing. I came, I came up uh, from listening to what you just said for uh, with a great title for another book for you or us on synchronicity. It's called The Art of Fly Fishing and Synchronicity. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right that so down. That's well, good. The Art of I Fly Fishing. Fly fishing and synchronicity. <laughs> Fantastic. I'd love to do a book with the two of you. You both. <laughs> I'd love to do that. So okay, mate, we've just, we just set a seed, guys. So <laughs> okay, let's see what happens. Yeah. Really okay, I was just updated. thinking to myself, I was just thinking to myself, how can we get to synchronicity? How can we get to Singapore to spend a couple of days just talking with Philip? That's how we do it. <laughs> We're going to do a book. <laughs> Let me show you how we are connected. Before you just said what you said, I was about to say exactly the same thing. I was about to say, really? Trish, you wrote, Trish, you wrote to me last week and says, Rob and I should come for two days to Singapore and talk to you. I was about <laughs> to say true. that. You said exactly the same thing. That's what I call Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay, that's the quantum field. That's yeah. entanglement. <laughs> so, so Philip, we're coming to the end of our uh, hour, but uh, there's one other question uh, that I wanted to ask you because it also uh, deals with um, the, the subject of dreams I brought up. Uh, you have a cool story about a freedom fighter's dream that related to a past life and that uh, played out in real life the next day. Can you tell us about that one? So this is, this, is a, this is a great synchronicity, I tell you. So there I was, Singapore, meeting my financial advisor. 
as I do every six months. Uh, and I'm sitting at a coffee shop in, in a shopping mall, uh, and I'm chatting to him. And I said, Cliff, how are you doing? I said, it was my birthday last week, and I was 66 years old. He said, oh, good, congratulations. I said, you know, I had a strange dream last night that I was a freedom fighter in a previous life, fighting against the king to set the people free. Okay, so that's all, two things I said, was sipping our coffee, my 66th mm -hmm. birthday last week, and last night I had a dream about freedom fighter. At that precise moment, I looked to my left, and there was a guy walking past me, and on the back of his t-shirt, it said, 66 freedom fighter. Wow. Oh, no. <laughs> I remember this story yeah. from your book. Yeah, that's incredible. And, and I, I ran after him and took a photograph because I know nobody would ever believe me. I didn't <laughs> yeah. I just took a photograph of the back of his T-shirt, 66 freedom fighter. <laughs> now, this is a clear synchronicity, meaning what's in my mind appears externally. Yeah. But I didn't know what it meant. Yeah. I didn't know what it meant. But on thinking about it and reflection, here, here's my summary of what it meant. That week, I just submitted my dissertation for approval. And six in Mandarin means luck. Hmm. And huh. 66 means luck, luck. Okay. So I took it to me that what was on my mind as to whether my dissertation would be approved, I would be lucky and double lucky. Uh -huh. And I was because it was improved. Wow. Um, the second one, Freedom Fighter, and this is a good way to finish, I think, yeah. was a bit more difficult to think this through. But I realized that what I'm about in my leadership and teamwork, I'm a freedom fighter for synchronicity and the quantum field. Uh -huh. Because people are constrained by an old Newtonian linear logical way of thinking. That's right. And I'm a freedom fighter to help them get free of that constricting mindset and admit intuition, synchronicity in the heart as as well as the mind. So that was I love it. And you can read about that's a great way of ending it. Uh, that's a great story. Yeah. Call uh, you Philip Murray, freedom fighter. Freedom fighter. <laughs> yeah. So how can people get a hold of you, Philip? Contact www.philipmerry.com. One L in Philip, M-E-R-R-Y, as in MerryChristmas.com. You can okay. see all the stuff about my book uh, and everything there. Thank you very much for well, coming Philip, on again. Well, Philip, it was again. just great. Okay, we're coming to Singapore. <laughs> I don't know how or when, well, but we're coming. <laughs> I've, got the, I've got the title of the book that's going to be produced when you come. Okay, okay. sounds good. All right, All right. KK. Well, this is going up next Sunday, so I'll send you the link. Oh, very nice to talk to you, as oh, always, great, folks. Great time same, to you. Same with okay. you. Yeah. Take care. Yeah. Bye, Thank you, Phil. Thanks for joining The Mystical Underground. Visit www.themysticalunderground.com for the latest blog post and book info. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. Listen to the podcast at podcast.themysticalunderground.com. 
Follow Trish and Rob on Instagram at Trish and Rob McGregor. Follow us on Twitter at The Mystic Cast. Send email to podcast at themysticalunderground.com. And until next week, thank you for listening and stay mystical.